We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Thursday Fesco in the morning, Jay Binkley with JT Noah. It is Pop Tart Bowl Day. Are you excited, JT? Oh yeah. We'll preview the Pop Tart Bowl about nine o'clock. John Kurtz. It's also uh, Cotton Bowl Eve. Okay, it's Cotton Bowl Eve. Our K State Insider. Uh, bowl games are in earnest right now. I mean, they're rocking. Do you realize this? You. I was looking at the standings this morning. Just the different bowl games, the conferences, what they are. What their record is in the bowl games, for instance, the Big 12, two and one, still what six games, six teams still to play. You realize the SEC has yet to play one bowl game. They have nine bowl games remaining, but zero bowl games they've played at this point. Oh, they played one last night. Texas A&M played Oklahoma State. Just, just that was it. That yep, was it. That was the first that one. Was That's it. crazy. Isn't it crazy? Just the uh, but that uh, Oklahoma State, the Big 12 is gonna be loaded next year. Especially if Bowman gets that extra year of uh, eligibility, look out for Oklahoma State, especially with Ollie Gordon in the backfield. But, yes, I forgot about that. So eight teams remaining from the SEC after the A&M Oklahoma State game. You, you dive into these things, JT? You watch these things? Uh, I watch them pe- uh, periodically. I mean, I saw the uh, – I watched the USC one a little bit last night before I went to bed, but it looked like USC was pulling away from Louisville at, going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, they did. Lincoln Riley, that offense actually looked good. The funny thing is, you know, Caleb Williams, of course, uh, didn't play in this game. By the way, uh, Marvin Harrison still hasn't said one way or the other if he's played or not. He's not going to play, but he just hasn't officially said anything. I, I don't know what the big holdup is. Sort of shock you if he plays? I'd be shocked if he played. I don't know. Something tells me he's trying to play. I mean, he might. He might. I mean, I, I just don't. I just don't see him doing it, but, I mean, he could. I mean, if he take a page out of Alabama last year to play to all their guys against uh, against Kansas State in that game. But the Pop-Tart Bowl on later today. Matter of fact, a slew of bowl games today starting at 10 o'clock a.m. Yes, you heard me right, 10 o'clock a.m. SMU, uh, home of uh, Clark Hunt, home of uh, Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice. SMU today against Boston College from Fenway. That's right. What what, a, what an exotic bowl location uh, for uh, 
Dallas, SMU from Dallas, you know, to go. And Boston College used to it because it's in Boston where they're playing. But at Fenway Park, Boston, Massachusetts, 10 o'clock a.m. for the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. Hey, man, that's three days in a row where there's a bowl game in an MOB stadium. You had Chase Field for the Kansas game. Yesterday was Padre Stadium, which is Petco. This today, Fenway. We get out of the game. We get out of the show. We can start watching football all day. Well, you actually have two today because you get the uh, Pinstripe Bowl as well. That's at Yankee Stadium. So now you have Fenway involved in a bowl game, but you got Yankee Stadium involved today too. One fifteen. It's Rutgers, which is again right out there versus Miami. So Miami. <laughs> is there many places that actually go somewhere worse for a bowl game? Because usually players get sunshine. They go out to California. They get out of Florida. They get out of Texas, and they you know they get the sunshine in the winter. Is there a worse thing to go from Miami, Florida to Yankee Stadium? I don't know. Maybe going to the the Boise, Idaho Potato Bowl, maybe? I don't know. It just shows you anybody can have bowl games. Kansas City could have a bowl game. I thought I liked when Arrowhead Stadium would, would, would hold the uh, kickoff classic. You probably don't remember this, GT, but, I mean, it's not – you would have, I don't know, been 12 years old, something like that, but Arrowhead had it. It was Iowa State and Florida State. It was a kickoff type classic. It was the Eddie Robinson kickoff classic. I don't remember what it was, but they could host that out there. I wish they would get, you know, involved and get on the uh, the circuit at least for that. But the excuse of well, it's going to be too cold in your city. That's that's out the window. Yeah, no, it's got to be out the window. I think Coastal Carolina and San Jose State got the best bowl game when they got to go to Hawaii for the Hawaii Bowl. So when they got to go to the easy. Easy post Hawaii Bowl. I think they got the the beautiful stick of going to Hawaii to play their bowl game. <laughs> From the text line eight one six. So hard for me to watch these bowl games with all the players that are sitting out. It just feels empty. Yeah, it does. But beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You have to find a way to enjoy it. As, as I mentioned, Oklahoma State uh, last night. If you wanted to watch uh, that, we saw some Kale Gundy in the game for just a little tiny bit. You saw Bowman out there, and then of course. Ollie Gordon, one of the best running backs in the country, who could hit the transfer portal, by the way. He still could. He still could hit the spring I don't think he will. I don't think he will either. I mean, he had 118 yards rushing yesterday. That was fun. That was fun. If you want to see one of the nation's you know, best running backs, you could have seen him last night for uh, Oklahoma State, Ollie Gordon, who's coming back next year for his junior year. So, yeah, Oklahoma State was a weird team this year, up and down and up and down, but they did get 10 wins um, on the season. Yeah, it was, like you said, such a weird, they have that big win against Oklahoma. Then they have the horrible, horrible loss to UCF. So up and, and down. South season, Alabama. South Alabama, too, yes. I mean, it was just weird. Yeah, it was a weird year, but uh, you could have sit there and watched Ollie Gordon, who is the second leading rusher in the nation. Of course, you get to see the fourth leading rusher in the nation tomorrow with Cody Schrader at Missouri, one of the best stories in college football. But. Rushing yards per game, Cody Schrader's number one. Cody Schrader is a dog. But he's number one in yards per game. But he's fourth leading rusher in the nation. 1,489 Yeah, I would get that because there was a lot of time where Ollie Gordon would have a breakout game, like a big game, and then there would be a small, subtle game afterwards. So I get that Cody Schrader was more consistent, I think, throughout the season. But Ollie Gordon had big-time games. He had a Cody Schrader 124.92 yards per game just ahead of Ollie Gordon. So it's Schrader, 
and then Ollie Gordon um, as far as one, two in an Asia. Now, not total yards because Ollie Gordon's at 1732, but he's played 14 games. Cody Schrader at 14. 99, but I digress. Anyway, I like I like bold the bowl season. I mean, we get them throughout the weekend. Of course, the college football playoffs will be the ultimate uh, games to watch. People are speaking about it, like Lane Kiffin, who's really taking advantage of the transfer portal. It's like we need to hold this thing off. He's like, why would we have free agency? If you took the NFL and you had the playoffs, you wouldn't have free agency during the playoffs. And he's 100% right because teams are losing players left and right, even when – even some of the college football playoff teams are losing players. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a wild time. And I think he's totally correct. I mean, even though he is probably benefiting from it because... Oh, he is. Yeah, he's getting Will Howard from K-State, they've said. So, I get... No, no, no. He, Will Howard's going to USC. Right, USC. I thought that's what we were talking about. I was talking about Lane Kiffin. Oh, Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss. My bad. I thought you said Lincoln Riley. Yeah, Lane no, Kiffin. No, yeah. No, we were talking Lincoln Riley, yeah. though. Lane Kiffin, yeah. He's been f- benefiting from it big time, too. But also, they're losing players, and they're playing in a peach bowl. So... Like, I think it's I think it's uh, very weird how you can have a free agency in the postseason. No, it is weird. I mean, I understand what this text are saying. Like, so many it feels it feels empty. It feels hollow. Uh, what you're doing, but Will Howard, by the way, I am still curious about this. Miller Moss uh, for USC got his first uh, start. Uh, he's a sophomore out of USC. Not a bad debut, was it? Uh, how about? Uh, how about the fact that Miller Moss uh, yesterday for USC, 23 of 33 for 372 and six touchdowns. Yeah, he threw six touchdowns. He had that one interception. But other than that, he played a pretty clean so game. So that will be a Will Howard thing. With him, I, I don't know, man. Good luck. I mean, because you never know what could happen. A lot of things could happen until then. But the big news yesterday is Russell Wilson. This is a weird deal, man. I don't think Sean Payne likes him. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. It's just the timing of the whole situation. You know, Denver... Denver's an interesting team. This, the AFC West is about to change. The AFC West is about to completely change. Um, Antonio Pierce, I do believe, will be the head coach of the Raiders. If not, that's a joke. That team plays hard for him. I mean, what he's done for the defense, what they have uh, five defensive touchdowns since he's taken over as head coach. But that that team's on the way up. Uh, we did think they were kind of behind the Chargers and the Broncos, the way the Broncos started playing midseason this year. is like, okay, maybe this team with Sean Payton can play. And then, of course, there's always the Chargers with that roster that they have. You get Brandon Staley out of the way, which they desperately needed to do, and they did. And now Justin Herbert, which I think is the second-best quarterback in the division. Well, that's no question. He, I, I mean, who would else be there? You can't go with anyone right now. Now, it'll be interesting to see what the Broncos do with their first-round pick because they do get a first-round pick this year. Do they try to trade up, or are they going to stay put? Because I bet they'll be around the 11 area. So we'll see. I think they'll be in the 10 to 15 range of pick. But they got to go get a quarterback because you're going to take Russell Wilson out. That's fine. And I bet a team like the Falcons will pick Russell Wilson up. But you got you got to find a you got to find a quarterback. It sets you back so far. And the one thing about it is Denver's actually picking 14th the season into the now. The season into right now. So they're going to have to move up. I mean, there's still you can still get a quarterback obviously at 14 cuz I think it's an incredibly deep class. I think 5 of them to be honest with you, when we did our latest mock on character concerns, we had five quarterbacks and eight receivers. The eight receivers are record. Seven, because seven was the previous record, 2004. I think it falls. 2020, there was 13 receivers in the first or second round. I think that falls uh, this year as well, as this is the year of the receiver, which couldn't happen at a better time for the Chiefs. Couldn't happen at a better time 
for the Chiefs to have to get the receiver. But here's the thing with Denver. So let's say they go out and get somebody. You know, let's say that because uh, they're, they're, they're not getting Caleb Williams, not getting Drake May. I mean, could they get a Michael Penix Jr.? Maybe. But is that is that really the answer? Here's the thing. You're going to have to take your lumps with a rookie quarterback. Because I don't see a veteran quarterback going in there. I don't see the right situation for Sean Payton. Unless he thinks he can take, you know, just an average starter around the NFL and, and be his guy, just a facilitator, kind of like Joe Flacco's doing. I was going to say Joe Cleveland. Flacco? Are we talking Joe Flacco here? No, no, there's no way. There's no way. Joe, Joe Flacco, I understand a, he's having a good year, but that's not their answer. What if Buccaneers don't re-sign Baker? Because they signed him to a one-year deal. Do you think he, he would bring Baker into Denver? Baker would be interesting because the way he's playing. Yeah, especially is – will uh, Sun be back? Will Cortland Sun be back for the Broncos? I don't know if he'll be back. Okay, because I didn't know if his contract ended. I know Judy's contract ends, but I didn't know if Cortland's did. Cortland Sutton ends sometime here. But here's the one thing about it. You bring in a quarterback, it's good news for the Chiefs because the Broncos are going to have to take their lumps for a year or two. They're not going to be primed. they got to break in the quarterback. And unless it is that journey in the quarterback, but then you're not worried about it so much. I mean, those guys get hot for a while. Everybody's like, oh, look at the quarterback. Look at how good he's doing. We saw it in Minnesota twice this year. You know, look at Dobbs. Look at what he's doing. Oh, wow. He's winning some games. And boom, he's back to bench. DeVito. I was about to say Tommy. He's the flavor of the week in the NFL. Hey, look what Tommy DeVito's doing. Now he's behind Tyrod Taylor. I mean, you can find somebody that can get hot for a period of time, but eventually those guys come back to the pack. But if Denver goes out and drafts somebody, okay, the next year, the year after that, when he's totally ready to go and be a serviceable quarterback, does that mean the Chiefs add nine straight divisions unless the Raiders step up and are able to win? But they have massive quarterback issues because Aiden O'Connell's not it. If you think that guy's it, they completed no passes, second, third, and fourth quarter, hey, they got gifted by the Chiefs in those seven seconds and two touchdowns. Raiders don't win many games putting out an offensive output like that. Yeah, no. Um, The one thing I could – I don't – it's in my back of my head that the Broncos could do, but I don't think Sean Payne will do, is they could say, hey, we're going to start uh, Jarrett Stidham or we're going to sign some kind of quarterback and we're going to like try to not tank but tank where we get a quarterback in two years. But I don't see Sean Payne being like that. But they really screwed themselves with the Russ Wilson deal. Well, yeah, everybody, a- everybody, it's I call it the Patrick Mahomes effect. I do. I totally think Denver screwed themselves, JT, because of Mahomes. I'm not talking the right now and the season he's having now. I'm talking about who he is and what the Chiefs were. At that point, 16 straight against the Broncos. Actually, he's 15 straight at the point they went and got Russell Wilson. But, you know, you lose that many times in a row to the Chiefs. They've won two Super Bowls with Mahomes. They know Mahomes isn't going anywhere. They have to stop him. He'll be here for a decade. And they have to worry about Kansas City each and every year. And they can't beat him. That's why they went out to Russell Wilson. It was kind of a desperation move. That's why Aaron Rodgers the year before when we thought he was going to Denver, uh, it was going to be their answer. It's desperation moves. And we've seen so many teams screw themselves trying to catch the Chiefs. Look at all the crap the Chargers did and all the money they spent. The Raiders, same way. The money they spent to try to stop the Chiefs. And look at them now. Look, look at how much. $39 million this year for uh, Denver. Total of $85 million dead cap for the next two years. They can split it if it's post-June 1st cut. They can split that into two years is how you can do dead cap.
Well, I mean, you're really thinking about it. The Broncos screwed themselves twice. You could say three times because the first one was, okay, we're going to sign Nathaniel Hackett as our head coach. Okay, bad move. Then we're going to trade for Russell Wilson. Okay, you gave up all those picks and some players. And then the third and final move is you signed him to a huge contract. So there's three bad moves last offseason that really put you guys behind the eight ball. It's a beautiful thing if you're a Chiefs fan, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Just watch all these other teams. They're trying to catch the Chiefs just completely fall on their face. And don't get yourself wrong at all. This is 100% due to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and what the Chiefs have built. Denver falling on their face is because they've been chasing Kansas City. And they're paying for it. By the way, Cortland Sutton's uh, potential out is 2024 is when they can get out uh, with Cortland Sutton. Okay. I, I like Cortland Sutton a lot. I do too. So, but this is also a benefit what the Patriots had during Tom Brady's era. The 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 division was bad. And so far, the Chiefs have taken advantage of having a bad division as well. So people saying, oh, it's always easy for the Chiefs in the division. Well, the Patriots had it the same way with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And bottom line is, too, let's not forget this. Two games remaining. They're not mathematically eliminated from playoffs. So there's still a chance. It's kind of giving up on the season is what it's doing. It is. But by benching Russell Wilson, you've stuck with him this long. Why not continue to stick with him? Um, Jordan Schultz uh, from Bleacher Report had written out a long tweet and it was kind of interesting uh, about when they kind of thought this. The Broncos approached Wilson two days after their October 29th upset went over the Chiefs and told him he would be made inactive for the rest of the season if he did not adjust his contract and defer the injury guarantee trigger date that he has for 2025, meaning doesn't pass his physical because he's hurt. $34 million, uh, or $37 million guaranteed. Because of that, I mean, what, what, a, what a luxury. Don't pass your physical, get $37 million. So they're scared of that. They're scared. Of that. They don't want him getting hurt, not passing a physical, and owning $37 million. I'd be honest with you, you owed somebody that kind of money. It was like 300 bucks for getting hurt. You wouldn't want him to do it. But Wilson was coming off three-touchdown game in the win. Think about this. They finally beat the Chiefs. Like they, fi- You would have thought that would have been euphoria for the Broncos. But behind the scenes, how do we get rid of Russell Wilson? But here's the one, one thing about this team. They're pinning a lot of it on Russell Wilson. His numbers are actually very comparable, except for the rushing numbers like to Lamar Jackson and even Mahomes and all that. Like, his numbers aren't that bad. Like, he has not been bad this year. What's been bad and embarrassing is that defense. They're still 30th in the NFL in total defense. They're like 30th in points allowed per game. Of course, a lot of that, you know, coming on at 70 points they gave up. But this defense has looked bad. They look terrible against Detroit um, here recently. It is not a good team, but the pin it all on Russell Wilson um, is kind of funny because the organization couldn't get out of its own way. But here's James Palmer, NFL Network, kind of explaining more of why Russell got benched. You mentioned March, and talking to people in the building this morning after Ian's report came out, it was this. We know what's to come in March. We know the financial side of things we have to figure out. Right now, this is a football decision. That was told to me emphatically by multiple sources inside the building, that right now this is trying to provide a spark on an offense that I was on the sidelines for on Christmas Eve that Sean Payton believes right now is below average in the NFL. He thinks there's a lot of self-inflicted wounds. He thinks there's communication issues. I know that he thinks there's too much maybe in at times in this offense, and an offensive mind like Sean Peyton, you know that probably irks him that he thinks maybe there's too much in 
this offense for those that are operating it, but also he believes the ball's on the on the ground too much. We saw a small spark at the end of the game. He believes that was just kind of spontaneous due to the situation that they were in. They believe that there has been a clean pocket, maybe more frequently than some would believe. And Russell Wilson has been leaving it. He's only, you know, Justin Fields is the only quarterback pressured more than Russell Wilson this season. All of those issues are within the offense and where it stands in Sean Payton's eyes as he's tried to work this, what he likes, what he knows, and teaching Russell Wilson and working with a quarterback yeah. that's very different than the previous one he was with. What I go back to, guys, is how quickly he made a move to go and sign Jarrett Sinem. I remember being here in March and giving him $10 million over two years to be the backup there was almost just a sign of something that you were always keeping an eye on because that was the quarterback move that Sean Payton, as Judy mentioned, was able to make himself. Scapegoat Russell Wilson, right? Scapegoat Russell Wilson. Got to blame somebody, so blame him. Russell, Lamar Jackson, Super Bowl, or excuse me, the MVP favorite, right? Lamar Jackson. 3,357 yards. Russell Wilson, 3,070 yards. Russell Wilson, 28 touchdowns passing. Lamar Jackson, 19 touchdowns passing. Russell Wilson, eight interceptions. Lamar Jackson, seven interceptions. Russell Wilson, 66.4 completion percentage. Lamar Jackson, 66.3% completion percentage. Passer rating, Russell Wilson, 98. Lamar Jackson, 97.2. That's the league MVP favorite, Lamar Jackson, stats compared to a guy that's getting blamed for everything in Denver when his stats are very comparable to the league MVP. Yeah, the problem with all the stat comparing is when it comes to the money side because you're paying this man so much money. And one's a winner and one doesn't win. Right, and I heard Carrington doing the same thing. He was comparing uh, all the stats with – Buccaneers quarterback Baker Mayfield, and the problem is, is Baker's getting paid four million a year, and yeah. you're paying. So that's the problem. And you always have to remember, though, you're going to put up bigger numbers sometimes when your team's bad and your defense is so bad, you put up huge numbers. Like like Mahomes' MVP season did come when the defense was terrible, when he literally had to go out there and score every time. When they were scoring fifty points and still losing, when they scored forty points and still losing, your numbers are going to be a hell of a lot better when you're just constantly trying to chase teams. Well, yeah, exactly. I will say this. I was listening uh, to Carrington on the drive last uh, yesterday, Bink. He made a great point, and I think it's actually a really smart thing by the Broncos. The Broncos are not getting caught up in making the playoffs. They're getting caught up in making sure they get a nice draft pick for this coming season. I get it. I get it. Hey, we're benching, Bake, uh, benching Russ because of the money, but also it helps you in the long run with getting a draft pick up top. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% for this, JT, and I know we're up against the break, but I, I, totally with draft picks. It's so important where you're picking from. Uh, for example, I'll use the Chargers. They're back down to sixth right now in draft order. They were at uh, 10, right? But the last two losses have put them down to about six. But here, here's the thing. They damn near beat Buffalo. I mean, that came down to the final minute. They damn near beat Buffalo. Why? They switched coaches. And oftentimes when you switch coaches – and go with an interim coach, they play hard for him. The team balls out for him and plays hard for him, and you never know, one or two games. Braden Staley was the perfect guy because he was so bad. If you're the owner of that organization, Spanos, you're like, okay, we'll have our guy just finish three more games. This team is not playing well for him. This will help us get the best position to get a draft pick because they damn near, they damn near won a game. They damn near won a game against Buffalo in a tough schedule 
which would have shot them way down. Had they won that game, they would have had six wins, would have bumped them all the way down to like the 10th uh, selection in the draft at that point. So you're losing out essentially on Brock Bowers, which I think is the perfect fit for the Chargers. So losing out on kind of a generational player because you went and won one because you hired an interim coach. Is that really what you want to do? Exactly. Coming up next, though, the Chiefs' frustrations. Andy Reid addressed it yesterday. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's go in the morning, Jay Binkley, JT Noah. Here's again tomorrow. JT Noah actually skipped an opportunity of a lifetime to go down and watch Missouri and uh, Ohio State in the uh, Cotton Bowl tomorrow. I did, I did. But you know what? It's fun. I'm going to be fun. I'm going to have to- a good time with you tomorrow morning, celebrate a Red Friday, and then go hang out with some buddies and watch Mizzou hopefully kick some Buckeyes booty. There used to be a, I don't know if it's still there, used to be a burger restaurant down there I had a couple years ago in the Big 12 media days, like 2015, 16, something like that. Which is funny because I remember Alex Gold, who was, I think he was in Boise at that point. He was down there too, so we were like chilling out down at the Big 12 media days. and uh, Or maybe he's in Wichita, I can't remember which one he was. The Angry Dog, the eat a burger in Texas. I mean, great burger in De- Texas. Really? Okay. Oh, I mean, it's, I've it's, never uh, been to Texas actually. It's so. in Dallas, called the Angry Dog. I mean, it's been voted like best burger in Dallas several times. Uh, the Vortex in Atlanta is one of my favorite burgers. Okay. Of course, I've got a list here in Kansas City as well. Got to have a list in Kansas City. You have to. And you, you, you know, it's not typical the places you'd think it'd be at. How about bowling alleys, man? I'm not, I'm not kidding you. One of my favorite burgers in the city is actually at a bowling alley. Hey, don't sleep on a bowling alley. I'm telling you. Some of the best. They got some of the best food. And it's no secret either. It's the 300 burger in Liberty at the bowling alley. Like that place, people will go there just for that. Oh, there you go. Like I'll go there just for that. I don't bowl. But I'll just yeah, you're just, you're just there to eat the burger. I, I have bowled many times. I suck at it, but I'll just go and get the burger. It's bottom line. But Andy Reid. 
was that he asked yesterday, how much do you think he likes being asked about just distraction type things, right? He doesn't like this. Trust me. He doesn't like talking about contracts. If there's something in training camp, when you talk about players, he'll say, hey, it's a beach problem. Or he, did, he doesn't like drama, and I get that. He likes to keep things drama-free. doesn't like uh, when things are sitting out there, like holdouts. I mean, it, it drives him nuts. I mean, he's a football coach. It's what he wants to concentrate on. But the one thing that's happened lately, and you've seen this, JT, is the cameras are watching the Chiefs at all times. Of course they are. But even more so with the Chiefs, I think, because they're waiting for that one moment. Like, everybody was making a big deal of the Pacheco thing. Half the people understood it was, you know, he didn't go just breaking the table and, uh, you know, he just he just fell on it, Bill's Mafia style, man. He just he sat on the table, and it fell, but they're watching every move. If Mahomes so much as sneezes, they're catching it. If he was, Klingler was there, he was firing up his linemen. But it's, it's misconstrued a lot of times if he's yelling at his linemen. He's over there yelling at them. He was motivating them. It just looked like that. I get it, man. You can motivate somebody, JT. I can come in here and be like, man, let's freaking go, man, let's go. And I'm like, look like I'm yelling at you. And like, man, Jay and JT were like, get at it. Not really. We were sitting there going, let's go. Let's go. We were getting pumped up. The adrenaline was flowing. The adrenaline was flowing. We got two more days. Let's go. Yeah, it's all what you think of. You know, it's all what you see. It's in your mind and interpret what's going on. Like, I get it. You know, after the game uh, with the officials, you know, when, when Mahomes is mad at the officials and, the Buffalo game, and was very frustrated. They're, but they're watching every move. And a lot of things. times, I think things get magnified because of how many times that they're looking at it. So it goes back to what social media is for these athletes. Because here's the thing. How many times have you seen a video of an athlete? Maybe you know, he's drunk at a bar or something like that and leaving it. It's, it's everywhere, right? Like You can't go anywhere anymore with someone not having a cell phone camera. Do you think all this started now? Do you think any of the, in the athletes from the 60s, the 70s, of, uh, you know, all the times we went out to bars or whatever. You don't think they made a fool of themselves? Hell no. They, yeah. It's just there was no camera. There was no phone cameras to catch it. There was no social media to blow it up. You think athletes just started doing silly things in 2015? No, they've been doing it since ever. It's nothing there to catch it. They were crazier on the sidelines back in the day. They just didn't have cameras on it. I bet they would get into literal fist fights back in the day. Like Joe Namath showed up the fur coat, you know, at the at the clubs in New York. I mean, you know, he was a pretty cocky dude. I'm not saying he did it. I'm just saying there was no cameras to watch you. They couldn't pull out their cell phone and, like, get it, right? So, it, again, things are magnified in 2023. Agree? Oh, 100%. Like, if – if this happened in 2005, you wouldn't see the table being a big deal where Pacheco goes on it. You wouldn't see Mahomes. Which is funny, Pacheco just gave away. I mean, it's, right. who cares? Right. The The only one that I think that is getting magnified at the right, I guess, eclipse would be Travis Kelsey's throwing his helmet because it's not the first time we've seen it happen before. No, it's not. It, it's not. But, it, it, again, you hate to see it with this team because, again, they've done a lot of winning. You know, it's still third seed. But the Chiefs have been so good at just kind of pushing things back, you know, just, just riding it. You know, just doing their talking on the field. Like, let everybody else, the talking heads, you know, the Michael Irvins of the world say they're not going to make the playoffs last year and yet go out. You know what the Chiefs did? They cashed a check by winning the Super Bowl. Like, that shut everybody up. Everybody talked. You know, all oh, the Chiefs are down. They're not going to do it. But then they go out and win the Super Bowl. That was the ultimate drop the mic 
shut your mouth, move when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. It is. A lot of people had their opinion of them, and a lot of them, were, most of them were wrong opinions. We played the audio, you know, and everybody's saying, oh, the Chiefs are done, they're cooked and all this. Not this year. The Super Bowl team, that they were done um, forever. So everybody was doing that, but the Chiefs shut them up by winning. It's, it's all you have to do. Here's Andy Reid's uh, comments about the, uh, about the uh, frustration being shown on the sideline. When you've won a lot of games, I have to, you know, your tolerance level you know, for – uh, not doing as well as we should goes down, and so uh, things happen. But that's uh, that's the great part about this is emotional football game. You know, the foot game of football is an emotional game. So uh, you know that's that's expected. I mean, you see those things happen. Uh, we just got to make sure we generate it in the right direction, and we go that way. So and, and fix the problems. That's the number. That's the first thing. So um, and I've got a big piece of that. I'm very responsible for. Uh, things going on so uh, on the offensive side of the ball and so I always look here first and then we try to address the other issues that we might have so see that goes a long way when he says look here take this I mean that that stuff starts going a long way when you take the responsibility It, it takes it kind of off the players who all know that they're under the spotlight or should know they're under the spotlight no matter what they do again It makes it look like they're getting in your head when, when you do stuff like that. That's the biggest problem. Like, I don't have a problem with guys showing their emotions at all. Hell, we all do. You know, everybody shows their emotions in certain ways. This is their livelihood. It's what they do. They either get first because it used to being good. It used to being great. Nobody walks into this house and beats them, and now, you know, things are going wrong, and there's a lot of finger pointing. You know, not finger pointing going on, but you know that there's a lot of problems on your own team, right? Didn't have this problem before. But the Chiefs never let this thing. They were kind of that Teflon team. You know, they, they would get all these arrows pointed at them, but they wouldn't care. And now they're showing they care, which is showing that things are getting in your head. And it's the one thing the Chiefs were able to avoid is having that the showing that things were getting to them. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it just comes down to they know that their margin of like mistakes is way slimmer than it used to. Usually, like say last year, okay, you give up two defensive touchdowns in seven seconds, we could come back from that. This year, not so much because of the offensive miscues. So I think they're understanding that their miscues lead to higher uh, problems and they need to figure out a solution fast, and it's it's frustrating for them. You know what they need? Because you do remember last year when we, we had that you know, collection of clips, right, where people were just dogging on the Chiefs and everything else, but they go out and shut everybody up. Like, the Chiefs need a shut-up game. The, the, against the Bengals, who've been kind of a nemesis lately with the Chiefs, and I get it, they beat them last year in the AFC title game, but they've been a pain in the ass. The jabronis, the mayor of Cincinnati talking his junk, the new fan base of Cincinnati that neglected that team for years when they sucked. And now they're back, and they're back in full force, right? I mean, they are, just like with Jacksonville's fans, the resurgence of Duvall. Such a rapid, rabid fan base, that's why they play in London all the time. That's why they played twice, because they weren't, they had to tarp off their, their upper deck for a while. But this is why you see those fan bases do this. But the, the Chiefs are desperate for a shut-up game. I'm talking just put it on them. Because you go out there and win a game by 21 points, or 24 points, you know what everybody's talking about the next week? Not that you should care, but evidently, I mean, they do care, I think, what people say about them. 
That way everybody's like, whoa, are the Chiefs back? Because that, that's the number one thing. Go out there and win by 24 points. Whoa, Chiefs back? Look at the offense. Look crisp again. Everybody knows this defense is good. But you go out and put them on the goal, man, everything's fixed. Mahomes look great. I mean, they, they need a shut-up game. And this would be the game. In a sense, I get it. They don't have Joe Burrow. But this defense has still been pretty good. It's it's down in their standards for Cincinnati the last couple of years. But if you go out and put 20, if you beat the Chargers by 21, no one's really going to talk about it. But if you do it against the Bengals, then everyone's going to be like, okay, all right, maybe, maybe they found something. Maybe they're frustrated and they figured it out. But they've got to figure it out one way or another. The Chargers, I don't think you can go out there and put 21 up and win by 21 and people will be like, oh, okay, they're back. But if you do it against the Bengals, I think that catches more people's eyes. Yeah, I mean, it's a team that's definitely had its struggles this year. But, again, the Chiefs need that shut-up game. It would have been great against the Raiders because national TV audience is watching. On Christmas Day. Yeah, Christmas Day. And we talked yesterday about how good those ratings were, right? Yeah, we did. Did you did you happen to see just how really good that they actually were? Uh, I saw something about them. It was twenty nine point two million viewers. That's two times more viewers than all five of NBA of the NBA's Christmas Day games combined. Think about that. More people watched two times more viewers just watched the Chiefs and the Raiders than the five NBA games on that day. When and, we talk about printing money, this is what they do. And you think. And you really think the uh, NFL is not going to try to find a way to get a, a game on Christmas next year? No, they'll find a way. Five NBA games, Christmas Day, 14.4 million viewers. Chiefs Raiders, 29.2. Again, people are going to watch any team on there, but the Chiefs have been absolute ratings gold for TV. Coming up next, Jeff Schwartz joined uh, Carrington yesterday afternoon in a uh, really good interview on what he sees from the Kansas City Chiefs right now. That's next. Welcome back. Fesco in the morning, Jay Binkley, JT Noah. Yesterday we checked in in Baltimore. Today we'll check in in Buffalo, JT, as we continue the search for right, who, who are the biggest threats in the AFC. Clearly it's Baltimore. They were the first uh, interview of the week. Buffalo, I do believe, could be a pain in the butt. That's why we'll talk to Buffalo today. Yeah, I think Buffalo could be the wild card pain in the butt because even if they don't win the division. They're going to be the biggest pain in the butt, I think, in the wild card round. Uh, they can't be able to see it. They, and I have them rate uh, Pacheco in the uh, the table break. Because we've seen plenty of uh, Bills Mafia try to do it, and they slide off the table because they didn't break it. It's funny. That Great would fan base. I love that stuff. I, I love that stuff. Uh, Jeff Schwartz uh, joined uh, Carrington Harrison yesterday. Of course, Mitch's brother. He's he's awesome uh, when he breaks things down because he sits there and looks at the film and. He'll, just a real logical way to break the game down. And I think he does fantastic. But he was talking about the biggest problem, what he sees with the offense. You know, it's not just one thing, right? If it was one thing, oh, the right tackle isn't very good. Okay, let's help the right tackle. Oh, we don't have a number two wide receiver like last season. Okay, let's use Jared McKinnon, you know, more in the pass game out of the backfield. The problem this year is that a different player screws up on different plays, right? So, like, the example I gave, and this is the way you, you watch the film, right? Like, there will be a time when the, uh, an offensive tackle loses early and Mahomes pulls his eyes down to avoid the pressure, and the guy that was open, no longer open, right? And then these guys don't understand the scramble drills, another whole topic. You know, okay, next play, the protection's great, no one's open. Okay, 
Next play, protection's great, and Mahomes just misses someone. That, that's happened more often than it's ever happened in his career this season. Uh, the next play, someone gets beat, and Mahomes just is a little bit off with this throw. And then they, or another time, they can't line up correctly, they got, and they got to call timeout. I mean, it's just, it's just nonstop issues like that where you can't just say, okay, it's one thing, let's fix this one thing, and we're going to be fine. And that, I think, is the biggest problem. It's- so that was that, and don't forget Andy Reid talked about the, the pre-snap confusion, and this is kind of what Jeff's talking about there. Guy's not lined up in the right place. It was Andy Reid yesterday in his press conference. Yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my fault on that. So I'm going to make sure that's right. And uh, when, when I tell, stand up here and tell you that I've got a piece of that pie, I mean, that's, that's directly pointed right at me. So i got to make sure that guys can do that yeah, and make sure we're right there. <laughs> and that's the biggest thing, too. Because of, man, I mean, see Rice understands he's a rookie, you know, if he's not doing something correctly. But guys like Justin Watson, you know, the rest of this offensive line, except for Wayne Morris, he's a rookie, but the pros, pros. It's just, you don't expect these type of things. You expect these thing, type of things to happen with the Arizona Cardinals, but you don't expect it with the Kansas City Chiefs, to be honest with you, a lot of the problems. Yeah, and especially. On the one play they're talk, uh, Andy Reid specifically is talking about, it's Pacheco not lining up. Pacheco knows that play. Everyone knows that play, and I think that's what frustrated Mahomes the most right there is Pacheco. We've ran this play, this formation, so many times. How can you not line up in that situation and we have to waste a timeout early on in the second half? Jeff Swartz goes on with uh, more of the Chiefs uh, issues that he sees this year. They're not going to do it this year. Look, certainly can they just figure it out for four games? Sure, it's Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Like I, the, yeah, that, that's a that's a possibility. Um, can they win a game in round one in the wild card round where they just their defense just plays out of their minds and they win a game seventeen fourteen? Absolutely. Um, but the the problems become the offense has to stay on schedule, right? If they have a penalty, a negative play, um, they just aren't as good. They can't make up the difference, right? Look, that trick play that end up being a fumble was just an awful decision to, to call that play. But, in, you know, there's in years past, ah, uh, whatever, man. Well, uh, uh, we, we gave him seven points. We'll be fine. We'll make it work. Very next play, pick six. You know, like, it's just it's, – it's, they don't have that ability this year to make up the difference when, when things don't go well. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a way they can win, but everything has to be perfect. So that's Jeff Schwartz right there. The full interview you can check on the uh, on-demand610sports.com. Well, JT, um, do you miss Orlando Brown Jr.? I'm sure you don't. Uh, do you want my honest answer? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Well, he's coming back to Kansas City. But I something know. else interesting happened with Orlando Brown Jr. We'll discuss that next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.